This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is Open for Business. I'm Christine Wong. It takes a lot for a business to stand the test of time, especially given the comings and goings of the past decade. Here with me in the studio today are Jan Wong and Daryl Tan, co-founders of Open Minds Resources, who prove that while it is an uphill battle, it is not impossible to actually hit that sweet, sweet 10-year milestone. Hi everyone, my name is Daryl Tan, I'm co-founder of Open Minds. Um, it's indeed a pleasure to be back here in BFM uh, to be speaking and sharing at this uh, really, really exciting point in our lives. Uh, Open Minds has been a great time for all of us and celebrating our 10th year milestone, it's a blessing indeed. Definitely. Uh, my name is Jen. I'm also the co-founder of Open Minds. And as Daryl shared, it's definitely a huge blessing being here, being able to not talk about digital marketing or the <laughs> digital scene for once, but to actually talk a little bit of what we actually do for the past 10 years, in fact. You guys get to be a little bit selfish today and talk about yourselves. Obviously, uh, Jen and Daryl are both not strangers to the BFM Airways, but for those who don't know what you guys do, let's just contextualize it a little bit about what Open Minds Resources actually does. Sure. So Open Minds is actually a MarTech consultancy firm. So MarTech means marketing technology. Basically, we spend a lot of time helping our clients identify gaps between marketing and technology and be able to match that into a given solution uh, for a particular situation. So we work in the areas of technology, we work with data, we work a lot about digital marketing. Uh, that's essentially what we've been working on. Mm, brilliant. All right. Now, I think let's start from the beginning and move on uh, chronologically, I suppose. Uh, one of the most interesting things I think about you guys uh, in terms of your business is that you've actually managed to retain the founding team for the entire decade. And there's not just two of you, there's actually four of you. <laughs> we only have half the team in here today. But tell us a little bit about maintaining that sort of relationship and being able to uh, have that be so steady throughout the years. To be honest, we actually started with five partners mm-hmm. um, and we also want to not paint an overly rosy picture for everyone yeah. out there. We had five partners and then quickly uh, we decided then to move on with four. And since then, like you say, Christine, uh, four strong, uh, even up to 10 years. I think the foundation of really truly having this uh, partnership is, um, we always say this to one another as well, is trust. I think building that trust uh, along the years has helped us to uh, ensure that we don't only look at work, work, but we also look at our relationship as an important role to play in our mm. partnership. And I think that has truly gotten us through the many, many years. Because um, sometimes we travel a lot or we all have our own responsibility to do. Um, sometimes we even change hats along the way. And because we trust one another, we know one another's responsibilities and deliverables. And I think that itself has truly set us into a path that we are able to then be here uh, where we are right now. Mm. I mean, we speak to a lot of entrepreneurs on the show, but of course, most of them uh, or a good majority of them tend to be people who run their businesses themselves or, you know, who it's like a solo venture or even at the most, it's maybe uh, like two co-founders and, you know, maybe they have known each other for a while. Maybe they're like a couple, that sort of thing to 
actually be able to navigate the relationship dynamics of four people and you all have your own wants and your needs and your thoughts on how business should be run to be able to do that requires so much communication right definitely in fact it, it isn't easy i can recall even right now many instances that you know there were disagreements that we need to talk it out but i think one thing we kept very true throughout these 10 years is to make sure that expectations are set very clearly mm-hmm. not just for ourselves but for one another and the company and that has always been a good basis point for all of us to have this open communication. Without that, I think we'd have been long gone. We wouldn't be here doing this show today. (laughs) And you know what? Uh, I love that you brought that up about that communication and that transparency because that's also something that extends to your values and your work culture as a whole. I know you guys have a big focus on wanting to make sure that Open Minds has a culture that, you know, is people first, uh, that is a place that people want to work at, right? You know, and I think that is a a natural transition from, you know, having that sort of dynamic with each other to extending that to your employees. So talk to me a little bit about that and shaping the culture of Open Minds over the past 10 years. I think that has always been very intentional from the very beginning. Even in the early days when it was just the four or five of us, we made sure that these values and culture, like you have said, transparency, you know, the biasness of clarity and things like that were already being practiced back then because we knew that if four or five of us couldn't keep this together, what more 10, 20, 30 people? I think that's the basis of uh, a lot of these things that uh, you, you have just mentioned as well. And when we talked about the culture and the values, we always ask ourselves the question, what would make a great workplace? Mm. What would attract me as a human being, you know, look forward to come into office or to be one to be part of this team? And based on that, that's where we design our vision, our mission, the, the amazing perks that we offer to our team members, the flexibility and the trust also extended to the team members are all built on this same foundation. Fantastic. Can I just add that um, because of this, we have always reminded ourselves that our business is a people-first business. And mm. no matter what we do, service, product, and everything that we do behind the business, it's people. So that is why we also ensure that our culture, our values are all surrounded towards the needs of people before they can actually perform and work with us together we also need to take care of their well-being and therefore there's all these perks and culture and values that came into place and that it's it's not easy to maintain i would say it's easy to come up with the the culture and values but we always say this to the leadership team and the team as well the most important thing now is to maintain these values and culture as we go along absolutely so i mean when you first started out, first of all, I don't know if you, if you imagined or pictured yourself, you know, 10 years into the future still uh, with Open Mind still going strong. Uh, but tell me a little bit about, you know, if you had, uh, you know, people talk about five year plans and 10 year plans, right? How much of that, I guess, have you guys achieved uh, throughout the years? Would you like to share some notable stuff here? Well, we survive. That's for one. <laughs> That's something we have imagined. The pandemic also oh, exactly, kind exactly, of, yeah. Exactly. Uh, suddenly, we are hit by a two-year pandemic, you know, that nobody expected mm-hmm. that. But truth be told, I know we, we did have our three-year, five-year, ten-year plan. And now that we are 10 here and when we review some of these plans, well, a lot has changed. Mm. I think back then, uh, call it a lack of experience or call us dreamers, you know, say, say whatever that you want to say. But back then we had this imaginary picture of how a company should be or how we should be run. But having gone through these 10 years, we realized that out of all the 
different plans that we have, mm. we were very happy to see that one of it actually stood through the test of time, which is like what we've been talking about, the people element mm. stuck through. I think from the very beginning, we were very focused on wanting to build a workplace where people would love, able to benefit from and able to thrive in. So that has always been a, a note that we keep. So despite us pivoting the business model along the way, uh, despite us uh, serving different groups of customers in different seasons of time, t- team came and go, you know, uh, accumulative of all these things actually got us to where we are still being here, surviving pandemic, right now going through what it's called the economic crisis, <laughs> but we're still here grow, growing, yeah. uh, still scaling as mm. well. And, you know, I love that you brought that up as well, because I think that is a bit of a fallacy that entrepreneurs have especially when you're just starting out and you're so excited, you know, you have all these big plans, you have all these big dreams. And first of all, that it's totally okay to change tax when it's needed to, you know, be able to adapt. I mean, gosh, we've talked about flexibility and adaptability, you know, until the cows have come home and back, you know, especially over the past couple of years. But the fact of the matter is, I love that the one thing that stood true was that intrinsic value, right? I think that's super important to note. You know, if you have that strong mission statement and you are able to back that up, I think that's really the core, right, of sustainability for a business, I would say. That's very right. And I think because of our values, and we always reiterate this as well, whether it's communication, clarity, transparency, always asking why, that foundation, I think if we've built the foundation since day one and we are very, very um, uh, clear about building that foundation, then like you say, Christine, that the people will follow. But more importantly as well, um, we will stand the test of time. And even through the pandemic, we are so blessed that we even practice uh, remote working even pre-pandemic. So to mm. us, it was just a bit on steroids, right? Working from home, it was a bit on steroids. But everything worked out well. Operationally, it was well. Uh, BD, partnerships, um, you know, delivery of work, everything still went on. And I think that also shows the, the power and greatness uh, of our values and foundation and really proud of the team for doing so. Amazing. We do have to take a short break for some messages, but after that, let's go through some of those changes that Open Minds has had over the years as well. I'm Christine Wong, speaking to Jan Wong and Daryl Tan, co-founders of Open Mind Resources here on Open for Business on BFM 89.9. Bluff Free Medium, BFM 89.9. You're listening to Open for Business. I'm Christine Wong and I'm speaking to Jan Wong and Daryl Tan, co-founders of Open Minds Resources. Today we are celebrating the fact that they have hit a decade of operation. Uh, and we are, we're talking before the break a little bit about how they've managed to maintain their work culture throughout the years and also uh, their importance of communication when it comes to managing a multi-co-founder team. Uh, so now I would love to highlight a couple of the adjustments or changes that you guys have made uh, throughout the years. And what I would love to ask you about first is Open Academy. First of all, explain what that is. Talk to me about that and explain why you chose to focus on that. In short, Open Academy is like the education arm of Open Minds. Among the founders, especially Daryl and myself, we are very big on education. We see the need for practiced 
uh, educators, you know, coming out to be able to share from their own experience and knowledge and not just from the books and theories that you listen just on classes or even from some of the gurus out there that it all it's all hype, right? But are they really doing it for real brands, real clients, real people? Not so much. And we thought to ourselves uh, over these many years to say that, hey, you know, we spend so much time consulting clients. We have real data. We've worked with so many different industries. There must be something that we can do for the industries, people that are wanting to get into it, people that are on it right now, marketing executives, you know, people that are founders, startups founders trying to get into this, but they don't know how, why don't we set up a platform to enable this? So that's exactly what we did. In fact, we started this in 2019, right before the pandemic and mm. our vision again, before the break, we're talking about whether it was maintained, right? Yeah. Just on this point in 2019, we thought that this would be a physical class. You're going to start a school, you know, and all of that. And then 2020 hit. <laughs> we all knew what happened, right? And we were like, oh no, we had something good going on and we know that this is what the market needs, but how do we do so? It was right in the midst of the pandemic, we decided, hey, let's digitize this. Mm. And when we had this thought, it was not just about, oh, let's just run some live events and just record uh, on YouTube and put it up, that kind of thing. We decided yeah. that, hey, maybe we should play around the need for education, but still the lack of time. Mm. So that is where then we decided to launch the Open Academy app, uh, which disseminates business insights in bite-sized format. So you can actually learn something new in just three to five minutes. Mm. Uh, and that took off tremendously during the pandemic. And uh, it's been two years now and the app has been growing with tens of thousands of users as we speak. Fantastic. And I love that focus as well, because I do agree with you. Uh, you know, there's no better way to learn something than to experience it yourself firsthand. And again, like you mentioned as well, there's so much theory out there. There are, you know, millions of articles online that you could read, but it's not the same as learning from the people who've done it. Right. And, you know, that's what mentors are so good at. It's because you're learning from their mistakes, so you don't have to make them. Uh, and I think that's fantastic. And the idea of turning on that dime and you know, digitizing that is a great example of why you guys are still around today. And also, you know, I want to sort of move more into that sort of going back to the digitization space. I also understand you have also expanded into CRM automation as well with uh, something called SharpSpring. Tell me about that too. Yes, ShopSpring is a CRM come automation, marketing automation tool that we recently acquired the license uh, from a local company and therefore uh, their team joined us and we expanded in, in that area. It's a US-based um, customer relationship management system and automation system. And as far as today, we have more than 10 uh, clients uh, all happy with the system. It's a, It was a very intentional move. I think well, the partnership was very intentional um, because because it complements our overall service in marketing technology. Mm. And because we have a digital team, consultants and advisory, we also have an in-house tech team. And therefore, that is able to complement the CRM tool for more customized solutions as well. And plus, Open Academy as education and corporate training, this whole ecosystem comes together because we realize that businesses and brands um, love digital, right? And they love tech. They know they need it. And mm. therefore, we have those elements. And when it comes to in-house training and education, then Open Academy steps in. And when you need the CRM, a, a tool assess to handle your database for tracking, for analytics and for automation, that's where the CRM tool comes into play. So we do offer a whole barrage of uh, complementing uh, services that's able to then help uh, uh, brands bring them to new levels, even in this day and age. Which I love again, because it's like this sort of a nice little cycle of products, right? Uh, that all work 
work with each other. And then I think that also encourages, uh, you know, as a nice little end result of that, encourages a lot of, of your clients to get the whole set <laughs> in a way as That's well. Because right. it all works together so well. So I really do enjoy that. And I love to hear about these new developments as well. So, you know, we talked about the fact that you can't really predict what's going to happen in 10 years. Uh, no matter how hard you try, I don't think any of us can. Mm -hmm. But I would love to hear what are some of your ideas or goals or hopes, at least, uh, moving forward into the next decade. Uh, what are the things you're gunning for at the moment? The next decade? Wow. Yeah. Oh, just a decade and now the other decade. Wow. You, know, you got to start exciting, planning at some point. Exciting. <laughs> Definitely. I, I think that there are a few things for us. I think that we, when we look at growing the company or moving forward, we always look at it from two areas. Mm. One is definitely still the people-driven side of the business. We still want to be the one company or one of the few companies within Malaysia to be championing workplace culture. We don't just want to just talk about it, but we really want to implement it in our processes, in our culture, ingrain it to the team members that we have. But on the other side, we also want to see how we can expand, continuously expand in the ecosystem that Daryl was just talking about. Now we have the digital consultancy arm, which we are good at. We have a performance marketing arm. We have our education arm. We have SharpSpring, which is the marketing automation arm. We are still looking to other areas like data analytics, like into AI, into different tools that can help e-commerce maybe. And all this is on track for the next 10 years mm -hmm. to see how we are able to implement this ecosystem on behalf of our clients so that they can also benefit from this synergized effect and not having to deal with multiple vendors, multiple databases, because at the end, they are the ones that are going to benefit from something like that. Brilliant, brilliant. And one final question. I understand that you guys have been bootstrapped from the beginning and you've never considered raising funds. Why is that? It's a simple truth behind this. I think we have to also put a big caveat here. We know a lot of startups even then and now have mm. been raising a lot of funds and we believe we look at it as two journeys, whether you go towards the fundraising, which is a whole new ball game mm -hmm. in terms of partnership, structure, uh, liability and so on. But we chose the path of bootstrap because we also wanted a full control over our company. And I believe with that, very intentional decision, we were also then able to chart um, all the different pivots that we had during our seasons, the different seasons of Open Minds. And because of that also, I believe even the four partners and founders are still together. We are celebrating our 10th year. Uh, we have, I would still dare say, one of the higher retention rates uh, of people uh, who join us. And we believe that because of that, we were able to then dictate and empower ourselves to make certain decisions quicker uh, and also more accurately as we see wherever the market leads us to. Not easy. Mm -hmm. I would say it's not easy. Uh, not for everyone, but we also do give some of our advice of how you go about bootstrapping and what do you find, uh, what you uh, find out or what you should look out for or in terms of resources. Mm -hmm. I believe because we are bootstrapped, to a large extent, we're able to be more resourceful in a lot of things. We're able to uh, roll up our sleeves when the times are hard, but at the same time, we then try to learn then mm -hmm. how to also empower others and build up a leadership team where it's able to be profitable as well. And I guess the most important thing we always say is that we want to sell something that makes money, right? And, and if we can do that and we have revenue and profits coming in, we roll it. And that is also a way of saying that, hey, your solution, your product, your services 
works. Wow. Well, you know, it's clear enough to me that in order to succeed and in order to find uh, business longevity, you do have to be open-minded. But that does bring us <laughs> to the end of our show. Thank you so much to Jan and Daryl for speaking to me about Open Minds resources today. It's been a pleasure. pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to Open for Business. I'm Christine Wong, and I've been speaking to Jan Wong and Daryl Tan, co-founders of Open Minds Resources. If you've missed any of this conversation, of course, we are on the Apple App Store and Google Play. And also, we are on our website, bfm.my. You can listen to this podcast and many more. This is BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.